Hello, Legion of Audience. This is James. And before we get started today, I wanted to take a second and let you all know about the brand new Who Would Win Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and get behind-the-scenes access like you've never seen before, go to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow right now. Who Would Win patrons will have access to outtake videos, early info on battles, and even get a vote on characters that we'll use in upcoming episodes. So if you'd like to support me and the show, head to patreon.com slash whowouldwinshow, and for as little as five bucks a month, you can define yourself as more than just a fan. You'll be an official member of the Legion. Hope to see you there. Exploring a crashed spaceship just outside of New York, Miles Morales doesn't know what to expect. He sees alien writing on the walls, weapons he can't conceive of strewn about, and it is there that he sees a lone caped figure standing amongst the wreckage. Hey man, you okay? Miles asks, always the helper. The helmeted figure of Kylo Ren just turns around three quarters sparks his lightsaber and prepares to take out his anger on a nice young man from Brooklyn. It's Spin versus Solo. It's Kid Arachnid versus A Knight of Ren. It's Miles Morales versus Kylo Ren. Today on Who Would Win? And welcome to another episode of Who Would Win, a show that completely ignores anything important happening in the world and instead focuses on a fictional battle between two characters from the worlds of comic, sci-fi, and fantasy. I'm your host, James Gavsey, and as always, I'm joined by the one and only Ray Stacanus. Legion of Audience, we're bringing you a battle that is so sure to be emotionally charged, I just really can't say any other words about it. One corner you have the uber-popular character who's about to star in the sequel to his animated film debut. I'm talking, of course, about Miles Morales, a.k.a. Spider-Man. And the other corner, you have the main villain of the Star Wars sequels, a somewhat controversial figure, at least in my household, it's Kylo Ren. As usual, I did the patent who would win Google test just to see how many times this matchup has been discussed. And not only has this battle been discussed, but it turns out I'm definitely not alone in my disdain for the so-called Star Wars villain. Yeah, I said it. So, Ray, what are your thoughts on today's matchup? I'm always excited to see a double redemption match. It's even better than a singular redemption match. Who can forget when Kylo Ren fought Santa Claus in the first of the Santa Claus episode trilogy that we've done on the show? Who can forget how upsetting that loss was for Kylo Ren? And Miles Morales going up against Mega Man in the battle of MM versus MM. Uh, I'll tell you right now, that was a thrilling battle. I think uh, maybe one of my best performances to date. Granted, you know, every performance I have is fantastic, so what are we even talking about? But Mega Man cruised to victory over Miles Morales, who, you know, maybe he was up against somebody outside of his own weight class. We have two characters in desperate need of redemption today, and I'm on a two-match winning streak coming in here, and you won't tell me who the judge is, And I'm starting to get a little bit nervous. My brain has been racing of all the people, but so many of the ringers that you've been trying to bring in have already been brought in over the last couple of months. And you're not one to repeat a ringer judge. I don't know what's going on. Look, all will be revealed, Ray Stacanus, but before we get to that, I just have a quick question. Is it safe to say when you come into the Who Would Win production team meetings or anything that we do business-wise that you feel that you're always right, that what you say goes, that you should be 
heralded as the ultimate opinion. You're the boss of bosses. Would that be a safe way of putting it? Look, the reason that the hashtag Ray is right exists is because it's one of the universal truths in our life. It's that way when I enter the boardroom and we work on matchups. It's that way when I come on the show and dominate you week after week after week. And it's definitely how it is at home as well. <laughs> okay, look, here's the deal. I, I'm slightly different. Listen, I'm not afraid of confrontation, but I'm more of a, hey, let's hear what everyone has to say. Let's come to a consensus. Let's see what we can have happen. But Ray, of course, you're that bull in the China shop. You've got to have your opinion heard. You're the loudest voice, you know, all that kind of good stuff. I'm, I'm just curious to what our judge has to say about all of this. Yeah, so, what's going on here? Without further ado, making their first appearance on the Who Would Win show. Okay. It's the most popular contestant ever in the history of Jeopardy. Sound familiar so far? It's award-winner filmmaker. It's a pillar of the community. It's Ray Stacanus' wife. Oh, yeah, it's Melissa. Okay, well, Melissa, sorry. welcome to Who Would Win. What? Hey. What is happening uh, right now? How right are you when the dishes don't get washed? And here I, we I, go. I, you know, there's something called the fifth. And when it comes to things that are dish or dish related, I will plead it. Sure. <laughs> okay. So, Melissa, before we get to the 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 interpersonal workings of the relationship <laughs> you have for some reason with Grace mm -hmm. Canis, you know, there, there's really some very interesting things about you. Again, you were on Jeopardy. We, we all saw that. Cheered you on. You were fantastic. Um, but you actually revealed kind of a cool story before the show uh, regarding your filmmaking experience. Would you care to share that with our fan base, the Legion of Audience? When Ray and I were trying to start a family, we had a, a quite a difficult time of it. And uh, we did a, a number of fertility treatments. And I blogged about it because it was uh, difficult, but also ridiculous in many ways. And uh, a friend of mine approached me about turning that blog into a short film which we did and uh, we took that film to a couple of festivals uh, one of which was a very cool festival up in Walla Walla Washington called the Movie Crush and uh, they do an audience choice award which they tout as the only true audience choice award because to vote on that award you have to literally watch every film in the festival and uh, so they had, I think, about 20 or 30 people who who did watch the entire weekend of films in the festival, and uh, they chose me. And one of the films in the running was an Oscar-winning short film. Okay. But they liked me better. I mean, I can see why. And, uh, <laughs> you know, the film seems absolutely fantastic. The film is called I uh, Test the IVF Film. Find it on YouTube. Now, this, this is an incredible story, but there's something else that, that happened that night when you won the award. Uh, maybe you, you, you may have said something. To oh, I might have gotten a little cheeky. Yeah, maybe when I walked up on stage and they handed us the award, the first thing out of my mouth was, suck it, Oscar winner. <laughs> that's po It's possible. That could be. I mean, I think that's the new trending how hashtag. It went down. Um, eh. Just put that out there. Now, now, that's absolutely incredible. And again, Pillow Community heard a lot about you. You're an amazing teacher for quite some time. And as we all know, amazing teachers are, uh, you know, a, a, a gift that the universe bestows on us if we're lucky enough to, to have them. So thank you for all of that as well. But more importantly, what the Legion of Audience, our fan base, wants to know, how is it? How do you feel after having just heard Ray Stacanus saying that everywhere he goes, even at home, 
hashtag Ray is right. His way goes <laughs> that he is the boss of bosses. What is your reaction to all of that? Maybe I'll give Ray a chance to amend his statement if he so chooses. I James, mean, you've really you've really done it this time. This is uh, <laughs> this is underhanded even for you. I have no words. I, I have no I, words. I'm scrambling mm. right now internally. That's all I'm going to say. Listen, you know, I feel whether I win or lose today, I feel like actually I've just won no matter what. On a side note, Ray, I <laughs> highly recommend that this is the time you dip into the James Gavsey, you know, judge, uh, you know, treatment kind of uh, bag of tricks and uh, really do some great bribery, I think. Or sorry, incentivization. No, bribery. Bribery <laughs> is what I would recommend right now. Oh, man. I'm just saying a, a, a cruise for a week, maybe a, a jewel. I have no idea what you like. Melissa. I'm James, just saying he's James, good. James, how can I bribe someone who's paying my mortgage? <laughs> I mean, the simple answer would be you pay the mortgage. Mm. I, Interesting. I, I feel now we're getting some good territory. All right. Listen, <laughs> we have an amazing battle, a double redemption battle on the Who Would Win show. We have the judge of judges, Melissa Oki, who knows race to Canis inside and out and won't fall for any of his dirty tricks because she's, you know, that smart, a teacher of all things and award-winning filmmaker. I'm just going to keep <laughs> saying that we are ready. So Ray, with all that being said, please do us the honors and announce today's matchup. Representing Marvel comics, the Spider-Man who can't really be that fast. He only moves one miles per hour. Miles Morales. And representing Star Wars, the force-attuned tweener who doesn't work well with partners since he's been solo so long, Kylo Ren. And I don't care if I've used that joke before. It kills. It kills. It really does. You know what kills me is that when we saw Ben Solo finally, finally Ben Solo for minutes, I was like, I could get into this character. This is what I was waiting for with Ky Sorry, I'm just not a fan of Kylo Ren. I don't know if I've said that I've before. Heard. All oh. right. Before we go any further, let's go over the official rules of a Who Would Win match. Rule number one, Easter Bay will make three points. Rule number two, the Who Would Win match is a random encounter in a neutral location with no prior knowledge of the opponent or time to prepare for the fight. Rule number three, the debater must stay within the confines of the character's personality and the exact version of that character has to be specifically stated. Right? is there any other version of Kylo Ren out there other than the one from the sequels? You know, I wish there was a fan fiction uh, legends version of Kylo Ren, but he was born too late for that. So I'm going to go with the canon version of Kylo Ren from the movies. Oh, and I dare say it, the comic books as well. That's fair. All right, listen, there are so many great versions of, uh, of Miles Morales Spider-Man. I think I kind of learned a lesson from last week when I decided to try the movie version. So I'm going to stay away from the animated feature, even the uh, other iterations within video games. I'm going strictly with the Marvel 616 version, the comic book version of Miles Morales for this battle. All right, rule number four. Debaters may only use examples of skills, powers, or weapons that are a long-established part of the character's continuity. Feats from non-canon crossovers are allowed, but will be given less weight. Rule number five. The winner of the debate is remember the judge decides as the best case for defeating their opponent by death, submission, or battlefield removal, and where no attack or threat can be made for at least two minutes and where no outside interference is allowed. And finally, rule number six, the judge is the final arbiter and can disallow or veto any point they feel violates these rules or established logic. And before we get started, don't forget to leave the Who Would Win show a five-star rating and a fantastic written review wherever you listen to podcasts.
And now, let's get to the tale of the tape for both of our combatants. Ray, please give us the details for Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren is a force-attuned warrior who trained in the ways of both the Jedi and the Sith. He was created by Lawrence Kasdan, J.J. Abrams, and Michael Arndt, and first appeared in the movie Star Wars, The Force Awakens, back in 2015. He is, of course, played by Adam Driver on screen. The son of Han Solo and Princess Leia Organa, young Ben Solo was being trained up by Luke Skywalker to be the next great Jedi. But there was evil within him. So Ben left the Jedi on not great terms, we'll say, and joined up with Supreme Leader Snoke to begin his official path to the dark side. Now wearing a helmet that honors his grandfather, Darth Vader, Ben is now known as Kylo Ren, and he fights for the First Order. Fun fact, generally speaking, we know lightsabers' colors depend on who is doing the fighting. Jedi often have blue lightsabers, while Sith bleed their kyber crystals in order to make them red. I learned that. Now, did you know that Kylo Ren is the only character in Star Wars to wield both a red and blue lightsaber at different points in the same movie? Yes. However, the honor of being the first to wield a red and blue lightsaber together goes to... His grandfather, Anakin, who stole Count Dooku's red lightsaber and then used both his and Dooku's lightsaber against him at the same time. That's imagery. And that is Kylo Ren. That is imagery. Well said. All right. Here are the details from Miles Morales. Miles Morales, a.k.a. Spider-Man, made his first appearance in Marvel Fallout number four in August of 2011 and was created by writer Brian Michael Bendis and artist Sarah Pacelli. Miles Morales was an ordinary teen until he was bitten by an Oz formula modified spider that had been snuck out of the then-defunct Oscorp. This spike granted him a wide array of powers, including the traditional Spider-Man power set, along with a few others that will be discussed during today's episode. I bet. Oh yeah. Miles would serve as the ultimate universes, that's a parallel dimension to the regular comic book Marvel universe. He would serve as that universe of Spider-Man for years, occasionally interacting with the Peter Parker of Earth-616. During the events of Secret Wars, Miles was one of the few people to survive the end of all things, literally the destruction of the multiverse, and ended up being the one of the few people from the Ultimate Universe to survive the rebirth of the whole multiverse. I'm confused already. Since then, he has been an Avenger, a champion, and a major player in events such as Secret Empire. And here's an interesting fact. No, not about Miles Morales. About Kylo Ren. Did I tell you I'm not a big fan of his? Did you what? know, as unpopular as this character is in the Gavsy household, that many people on Reddit also thought the character wasn't good either? It's true. Look, Reddit's an interesting place where a lot of different opinions, to put it mildly, about almost anything are shared and discussed. And when it comes to Kylo Ren, Reddit has spoken. One Redditor beautifully expressed that Kylo Ren's constantly painted facial expressions, emotionless delivery, and ill-fitting body language all contributed to an unbelievable character. Oh, but there's more. Redditors also agreed that Kylo Ren's fighting form is generally thought to be the worst because of its erratic, frenzied, and clumsy execution. After all, he was able to be bested by a former stormtrooper who had never wielded a lightsaber really before. But the thing that bothers me the most about Kylo Ren is that I'd bet a billion dollars that if Adam Driver was given the opportunity to play Kylo Ren the way he thought the character should be portrayed, Kylo Ren would probably be, I don't know, have taken his place as the rightful heir to Darth Vader and would be considered an iconic and epic Star Wars character. Oh, what great. could have been. I'm sorry, I just had to say it. And that's Miles Morales with some fun facts about Kylo Ren. And now you have the facts from both opponents. Melissa, do you have any questions before we get started? No. 
Good. <laughs> Sorry. I'm, it's a lot to process. I'm just trying to make sure that I'm being fair and impartial and in no way biased against anyone who didn't run the vacuum today. I mean, that's both. This is going to hurt. This is going to hurt on levels that I've never <laughs> experienced before. Why do I feel like uh, wasn't there? Was it uh, the Adam Sandler Waterboy movie where he puts on the helmet and just runs head on into the tree? That is how I feel right now. Thankfully, I know deep down if I run hard enough, I can run over that tree. Melissa, are you are you changing your character? Are you repping Adam Sandler in the Waterboy now? <laughs> I have heard Ray say on a number of occasions, and I quote, so I don't know, (laughs) but I think that's cool. All right, Ray, let's get this battle started. Go ahead and hit us with your point number one. Point number one for Kylo Ren. We're going to talk about some of his combat abilities, and we're going to open up by talking about the lightsaber as well. Kylo Ren is naturally physically strong. I know that he uses the force to enhance many of his attributes, But naturally, he's able to physically dominate pretty much everybody else around him. He's got that Darth Vader, David Prowse, six foot six blood in his system at the end of the day. He also has great lightsaber skills. Now, James, I understand you want to try to diminish the fighting ability of Kylo Ren by pretending that Finn put a whooping on him as if Finn versus Kylo Ren is an actual Jedi battle that happened. But Finn, despite the fact that that's what we all wanted from the second we met the character, was not a Jedi at the end of the day. He uses a cross guard lightsaber that he made himself. And there's one thing I know about custom weapons with these characters is anybody can have like an off the shelf weapon. But when you actually take the time and artistry to make a weapon yourself, you're going to be one of the greatest fighters in the world using your own custom weapons. It happens across time, across characters. You make the weapon, you're great with the weapon. And the cross guard is great because it has those little exhaust ports that make the little lightsaber beam come off from the sides, which would allow him to disarm people very easily. Uh, If he uh, so willed it, he could turn it sideways and really do some damage in the middle of a sword fight or in the middle of any kind of close combat encounter whatsoever. In fact, it's known for creating ragged wounds. That's the term that I read. That just sounded rough. So I wanted to make sure I use that terminology in the battle today. If he hits you with that lightsaber, it's not something you're really going to be coming back from. And his combat style, he uses forms five, six, and seven. That would be a Gemso, Neiman, and Juyo. If I'm pronouncing it wrong, I do not care. But number form number five is one that's really well done versus other lightsabers. It's one that involves patience, hanging back, and then counterattacking. He really only uses that one against other Jedi, though, so I'm not expecting that to come into play here. But number six, form number six, the Neiman, is a centralized lightsaber style that takes forms one through five and takes the best parts of all of them and then puts them together in one package so it provides no weaknesses to the game but no great strength either but it's also a form that's known across the galaxy as using force powers more active in combat than, say, other forms of lightsaber. And number seven is the one he leans on the most, which is the most aggressive style, the Juyo. Uh, That's the one where he just starts slashing and coming at you real hard and making sure that if you're spending all your time dodging, blocking, you're not going to have any time to try to hit him back because you're just worried about him taking off your head. And this lightsaber skills. It's incredible. He's used his lightsaber to slice stone columns in half, knocking them asunder. In in battles, he's cut off people's heads. He's cut off people's limbs. 
a one shot with the lightsaber basically puts you down. And lest we forget, he's a character who is not afraid to kill. He killed his own dad, the world famous Han Solo, basically in cold blood. And that was like the first time that we met him. And in the comic books, there's a character called a Zillow Beast. It's a big old monster. And uh, what it is, is got these very, very protective outside scales and other characters that are very powerful couldn't do anything to a Zillow Beast. But he basically flew a spaceship and got inside the Zillow Beast and ripped it asunder from inside, allowing him to escape. This is just an unbelievably powerful character, one of the best Jedis that's ever been, quite honestly. And let's not forget about the training, because unlike many of these other Jedi characters, he trained under Master Luke Skywalker for eight years, learning the light side of the Force, and then trained under uh, Commander Snoke for seven more years on top of that, learning Sith powers. So this is a guy who's a sheer gray area of the force and can take from both sides what works for him. He's got too much skill, too much combat ability for a 13-year-old Spider-Man to handle and a lightsaber that he can wreck with. That is my point number one. So much to push back on. Let's just start with this. First of all, Miles Morales is now probably 17 or 18. The 13-year-old Miles is when he first appeared in 2011. He's, He's... Age since then, as ridiculous as that sounds, raised to Canis. All right. Now, I agree with you that he did take on uh, Finn. Kylo Ren took on Finn in the first, uh, you know, sequel. And um, yeah, Finn did actually really well, considering everything else. Finn actually held his own for quite some time. Finn, someone who had touched a lightsaber literally half an hour before that fight, who had no Jedi training, who had no force use whatsoever, and was able to hold his own against Kylo Ren. Kylo Ren is what we call in the martial arts world a paper tiger. That is someone who has trained for how many, possibly decades, a whole long time under so-called masters, but when it comes time to fighting, they're really not that good. Their level of training, the amount of training they have does not reflect itself into what they can actually do against an opponent. That is Kylo Ren. Look, I went to San Diego Comic-Con. You guys know I love this. In terms of if you make a weapon, obviously you know how to use it. At San Diego Comic-Con, I found the really interesting group of people who made that uh, Klingon Batleth, that really cool like sword, that curves kind of sword thing that Warp used. I guarantee you, they were not masters of using it in combat. Making it and then using it in combat, not the same thing, doesn't equate. And in terms of having patience, are you kidding me? Kylo Ren having patience and like kind of being strategic, we never saw that whenever he lit his lightsaber and took on anyone to fight. By the way, in case you can't tell, not a fan of Kylo Ren. Now, let me get to my point number one, finally, because I love Miles Morales' Spider-Man. Let me talk about, for my point number one, his powers and his abilities. Look, when you add up all of Spider-Man's powers, you see that the reason he's so powerful and deserves to be called amazing is because he's not just the sum of his powers. He can put them all together in a synergistic way. It's really, really cool. Now, some of his powers. Of course, he's got super strength. And unlike, you know, Spider-Man who used to have, you know, they say 10 tons of strength, he can pick up something that weighs 10 tons overhead. It's actually theorized it's closer to 25 tons. That's how strong he is. That's insanely strong. His striking power with his with his massive strength is so powerful. In his universe, he took on this opponent, was called the Green Goblin, right? But unlike what we saw in this, the Green Goblin in his universe was about eight feet tall, around the size of the Hulk, not as powerful as the Hulk, but very, very strong, probably could lift over 50 tons. And with his striking power, he swung at him, drop kicked him, and literally blasted him, launched him through a massive building where he kept kind of bouncing on the street over and over. That is crazy striking power. Let's see, on top of that, he's got this super speed. Look, 
He's so fast. Ray Stekanis actually was the one who brought this to the show the first time. Spider-Man moves so fast, he leaves after Shadows, which means you think he's still there. He's actually already gone. That's how fast he is. On top of that, he's got super stamina. Now, Miles Morales can fight at his peak for at least three hours at his peak before he starts even getting a little tired. He's very durable. Listen, Miles Morales, you're Spider-Man. You're taking punishment from some heavy hitters, like getting hit by the Hulk, taking on explosives, falling from the top of a building, all that kind of good stuff. He can take it and keep on going. Why? Because he also has a healing factor. This is something he can heal very, very fast. It's not like Deadpool, but this is something where he's going to get up and start healing really, really quick. On top of all that, he's got super agility. We've seen it. He can jump up into the air from a standing jump. I think it's 30 feet in the air. He can also jump super fast. He's got this wall crawling where he can stick to walls and go up. I know I'm being obvious with this, but Miles Morales knows how to weaponize this. You know, if he has to put his hand and stick his hand to someone's face to then smash him into the ground or flip him over, or do whatever, or grab their weapon, he is going to do that. And then on top of that, look, he's got this equilibrium that is super, super human. There's no time he's ever off balance. He can hit you as he's moving upside down and going at super speed. This is someone who can punch you and hit you from anywhere really, really fast before you even know what's going on. But unlike regular Spider-Man, Miles Morales also has this power of camouflage. He can go absolutely invisible, become completely undetectable, and he loves fighting while he's invisible as well. That is insanely uh, dangerous. On top of that, he actually, on a side note, might be immortal. Now, I'm not really sure how that's going to play into this, but that Oz formula did something to his body. It's a theory some people are talking about. Now, the biggest one of all, the coolest thing of all, he's got this spider, spider sense, just like Spider-Man has, except it does everything Spider-Man can do with spider sense, but it also acts as a precognition type of warning factor where he'll actually have images in his head of what's about to happen, who's trying to hit him, what's coming from where. So not only is he like, uh-oh, something's bad's about to happen, I can sense it, he can also see it as well. This is why it's so hard to hit Miles Morales. This is why he survives crazy battles and comes out the wind. This is someone who's going to be crazy hard for Kylo Ren to fight. That's my point number one. Very interesting. Now, I love Miles Morales as a character, obviously. Uh, I love him in the video games. I like him in the uh, Spider-Verse movies, but... A healing factor, uh, it's not as strong as all of that. It means that he could heal back from wounds given a certain amount of time. If he's in a lightsaber battle with Kylo Ren and he gets shred to ribbons, it's not like he's one of these Lobo, Wolverine, Deadpool characters, and he's just going to come back from that. He's going to be dead. He's going to be done after that. And Spidey Sense is great. I wonder how Spidey Sense would work against the Force. I have to believe in all-seeing, all-powerful Force is something that maybe is going to be a little bit more powerful than a than a Peter Tingle, if you know what I'm saying. And grabbing his face, you think that Miles Morales is going to loop over and grab Kylo Ren by the face and ragdoll him? If he gets close enough to put his hand near Kylo Ren's face, he is dead. He is a dead man. Miles Morales' only chance in this battle is to stick and move, hit and run, and not get close. But Kylo Ren has a lot of tricks to make sure that never happens that I'll get into. I love where this battle is going, even though, in case I haven't mentioned it, not a fan of Kylo Ren whatsoever. <laughs> but more importantly, Melissa, okay, you've heard one point from both Ray and myself. Where's your head at so far with this battle? I mean, beheadings are compelling, to be sure. I feel like even the greatest healers don't heal from getting beheaded. But I did not know about the Miles Morales precognition aspect so like how are you going to behead somebody when they can see it coming all right interesting i like where this is going 
Ray, let's keep this battle going. Hit us with your point number two. Point number two for Kylo Ren. Let's talk about his speed. Let's talk about his durability because we absolutely know that Kylo Ren can take shots and keep on moving. Let's just start with the very obvious one that we remember from the movies. He got hit square in the gut by Chewbacca's bowcaster, one of the most powerful blaster rifles in Star Wars existence, and he got tagged. And it said in the novelization, I'm not going to lean on it too much, but it said that he uses he used the force to sort of dissipate that uh, blow because that would normally like rip somebody in half getting hit by this weapon. But he was able to get hit. It staggered him for a second, but he was able to keep going, keep chasing, keep fighting because he was able to use the force and, and make it lesser blow. So if he's able to use the force to lower the impact, he's absolutely able to do that against anything Miles Morales could conjure to try to do against him. He's also taken lightsaber hits in battles as well. And again, nothing that Miles Morales is possibly going to hit him with is going to tear more than a lightsaber is going to. That's one of the last things you ever would want to get hit by. But in battles, Kylo Ren has tanked lightsaber hits and kept on going. At one point, Kylo Ren was inside a TIE fighter that crashed into the ground and he just got out and walked away. I don't know. I've never been in a plane crash myself. But my understanding is when you fly one of those, I mean, maybe Harrison Ford can do it in an airplane, but I wouldn't want to. And that's crash and then get out and walk away. You basically got to be a Star Wars Jedi or adjacent in order to pull that off. Snoke. Snoke is a very powerful Supreme Commander, Sith Lord, right? He was able to tank Snoke's force lightning. He was able to get hit with lightning. And I think against a character like Miles Morales, the ability to tank lightning is probably going to be a good deal once we get to the end of all the cards being on the table. And he took on the Emperor. Are we forgetting? This is a guy who fought against the Emperor in the final battle of uh, Rise of the Skywalker. Uh, he took the, some of the Emperor's best shots he's ever hit anybody with and was able to keep fighting. Never stopped coming never stopped going until the battle was over. And finally, he was brought down from all that combat. But he still got the win first. And his speed. This is a character who's very, very fast. Miles Morales, also very, very fast. But the reactions of Kylo Ren are incredible. He reacted to blaster fire, which is moving at the speed of laser beams. And he froze a blaster fire shot in midair around him after he recognized that it was coming. That is exceptionally fast. Miles Morales is not moving faster than a laser beam shot from a gun. And so if Miles Morales comes at him, he can just grab Miles Morales out of the air with his force powers, right? He's also fast enough with his lightsaber to deflect blaster fire. But of course, who isn't in the Star Wars universe and his physical attributes? He can jump and spin and fight. And I think when we think of Kylo Ren, we don't think of this agile Luke Skywalker trained combatant. We think of him as being a little bit more of a quote unquote ground and pound hold your ground and hit people as they come near you kind of a fighter, but he can do the other stuff. The high jump is the Jedi move in these kind of battles. We know Luke Skywalker did it, what, to escape the carbonite pit and his thing? And it's a move that Kylo Ren has absolutely used as well and his outfit. He has a cape that is a static dampening fabric. What does it do? Oh, it resists electrical shock. Another reason why I say it, because I think that's going to come up later. And my other favorite thing that happened he was inside of a starship when the hole, a hole opened next to him, you know, space, that thing that will suck you through that hole and kill you. And he just stood there and did not get sucked out of the hole. He just sort of went about his business 
Meanwhile, there's a giant bleeping hole in the starship next to him. People don't do that unless they are supremely powerful. And supremely powerful is how I would describe Kylo Ren. And that's my point number two. Yeah, uh, nothing to push back on that except for everything you just said. All right, let me kind of break this down. (laughs) First of all, that was impressive that he got hit by that crossbow shot. And that did affect him in the two battles, the lightsaber battles in close combat against First Ray and then uh, against um, uh, Finn. And that's awesome. That's cool. But that was one shot. You know who's not going to hit him once? That's Miles Morales. You know who hits probably at least as hard, possibly quite harder than a crossbow shot? I don't know. Someone who can launch a huge Hulk-like being through a building? Yeah, someone who can hit you with that kind of strength of lifting 25 tons. That's Miles Morales. Plus, he hits you dozens of times before you figure out what's really happening. On top of that, you know who walked out of a uh, a crash okay, and he wasn't a Jedi? Was it uh, Moff Gideon in the uh, first season of The Mandalorian when his TIE fighter crashed, and he doesn't have the Force? You know, he's in okay shape, I guess, and he did have a cape as well, and he just kind of climbs out, and he's there. So I guess you don't need the Force to survive a crash. Uh, Giancar- look, you, look, James, you don't need the Force if your name is Giancarlo Esposito, okay? Well, I think his uh, he was born with one massive midichlorian. I think we can all agree with yeah. that. So maybe there is. <laughs> you don't going. bring you don't bring the chicken man so easily. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> That's fair enough. All right. Listen, Snoke also with the force lightning. He's not trying to kill his top disciple. That was a disciplinary type of force lightning uh-huh. that we've uh-huh. all felt. If you wanted to kill him, he'd be dead. He wasn't doing. He's trying to send a, a message. And finally, the emperor in that last battle that he had in uh, the last of the sequels, he didn't actually have a hard time with uh, Kylo Ren, actually Ben Solo at the time. He actually knocked him back using the force and took him out of the fight quite easily because he had to take on Ray, who was really the real threat there. Uh, Nothing against that. That's great. And the last little factoid. Sorry, I got to say this. In the Star Wars universe, Melissa, this is how much of a nerd I am. And I own this with pride. Projectiles in the Star Wars universe actually move much faster than blaster fire. So if you can actually dodge a bullet, that is something that's much faster than what you would need to dodge blaster fire. That's just a fact from Star Wars. All right, let me get to my point number two. With all this kind of good stuff being said, I got to talk about some more powers and Spider-Man's webbing because it's actually really, really cool. So, Ray, you talked about how Kylo Ren has this cape he sometimes wears that has this electricity dampening. It doesn't really work super, super well against electricity. But speaking of that, Miles Morales has this power of electricity generation as well. He's able to generate what's called a bioelectricity field. His body produces this crazy energy and he uses it in a whole bunch of wild, really cool ways. He can discharge it in all different ways. He can discharge it as a power burst from his hands, calls it the Venom Blast, and he can do anything from take out someone's nervous system to absolutely destroy any type of technology that's powered by anything because it just you know takes that blast. Wonder what would happen with uh, Kylo Ren's lightsaber at that point. And it can also knock out insanely powerful beings, actually take him out of a fight by knocking him out. So on top of that, he's taken out Venom. Venom, that symbiote that, you know, has to fight Spider-Man all the time. He's actually taking him out with his Venom Blast. It's that powerful. Hank Pym's, you know, giant man, which is massive giant, oddly enough. Yeah, that person got taken out by this, this Venom Blast electricity that uh, Miles Morales can do as well. Now he's got a Venom Beam. This is kind of like Dragon Ball Z, where he can just, instead of just a blast, he just concentrates it like Iron Man's repulsors and shoots this crazy powerful beam into someone. Good luck with your cape on that one, Kylo Ren. He's got the Venom Punch. This is where he uses that bioelectricity to enhance the powers of his striking, his kicks, his punches. Anything he can do gets amped up dramatically. So he was already strong. Now he's way stronger. Talking about using the Force, it's a cool way to do it. 
Now, on top of this, he's got this lateral repulsion. So what he does, it's kind of like when he just pushes this bioelectric field of power around him to help him launch himself higher into the air, faster at someone to kind of make a faster attack or make his punches hit even harder. Again, this Miles Boss is really smart, so he knows how to manipulate his powers in really cool ways. He can actually use them to make constructs of energy. How cool is that? He can actually use his bioelectricity to create a construct. He did it once to make a sword that he then used to fight someone. I would love to see that electrical construct of energy in a sword fighting Kylo Ren with his kind of weird, you know, crackly red lightsaber. Uh, on top of that, he can actually churn uh, all of that energy into webbing. So this is really weird. So he had web shooters just like Spider-Man, but now we can use this internal energy to actually manifest that energy into something solid. Don't know how this works, but it does, just does. Everything he can do with his webs, make a trampoline, make gliders, you know, trap people, make bull, anything he can do with his webs, he can now do with these energy threads that he calls them. But on top of that, he can ensnare someone from a distance and shoot that venom blast through his hands into the web, shocking or taking out that person from far away. This is really cool what he's doing. And if that wasn't enough, he can kind of go very, very powerful and create the mega venom blast. And that's just where he shoots out all that power omnidirectionally. So wherever he is, he could be on the ground, hurt or whatever. If someone's just walking towards him from 20 feet away or whatever, he just puts that all into the ground and just takes it all out. This is really cool. Now, on top of all this, Miles Morales, he's, I think he's a genius. Remember, he's gifted in science and math. He's great with tech. STEM is his thing. This is what he does. He's got a scholarship to this gifted school of technology in New York. This is someone who's super smart. And he's taken that intelligence and transfer that, transfer that into tactical fighting. This is cool because he is a great fighter. He studied Peter Parker's fighting style and then trained with the Avengers in the Ultimate Universe and then went over, trained with the Avengers and a whole bunch of other people to get this crazy combat training. Look, I can go into great detail about, you know, everything about his webbing and all of his powers. But the thing is, let me just kind of go into some examples. Let's kind of make this really clear. With his webbing, he's actually taken out the Green Goblin, you know, by holding him down and putting a blaster into him. He took out the Sandman. This is someone who can control, turn his body into sand and do whatever he wants with it. Somehow he contained the Sandman with his webbing and took him out. He uh, took out the Rhino, super powerful being who looks like a Rhino. And on top of that, he even took out Mysterio. Why is this important? Because Mysterio is the master of illusion and, you know, uh, misdirection. And Miles Morales was able to see through all of that and take him out as well using this webbing. Look, when you put all of this together, I'm not going to say Kylo Ren isn't deadly, despite what I think about him. But, you know, he's really deadly when he's surrounded by a ship or an army or he has other people around him. And then he can kind of like do what he does. But on his own, he's lacking and he's never taken on anyone like Miles Morales Spider-Man. That's my point number two. That's maybe one of the most outrageous things you've ever said in the history of the Who Would Win show. You are trying, you are trying some moves that you would never try if you weren't confident in who are judges today. Now, let me talk to you for a moment here. The training is very, very important. I said before, set, what is it? Eight years under Luke Skywalker, seven years under Snoke. This is a guy who's trained since being a little kid in the ways of the force because of who his parents were. I guarantee nobody Nepo babied this kid. This is a guy who had to earn the respect of everyone around him. Miles Morales, even as you say, is a 17-year-old who took forever to convince Captain America to train him, one of the best trainers in the world, but that training was cut woefully short because Captain America was elected president of the United States and Spoiler couldn't do training alert. anymore. 
Yeah, spoiler alert. Uh, so we're talking about a lifetime trained force user against a guy who hasn't graduated high school. This is not even close. And let's not forget Miles Morales' uncle uh, turned out to be Prowler, who was one of his arch enemies, and he didn't even know it. And even when he did, he tried to reform him. He didn't try to kill him or take him in. He tried to turn him into a hero. Miles Morales holds back. And, and last thing, the force can be used to dissipate energy from hits. So that includes electricity. Plus he has a cape. Plus he withstood Snoke. This electricity is Miles Morales' big thing. And I don't think it's going to work here. And sure, Miles can launch himself high in the air. He does have to come down eventually. And when he does, there's a lightsaber waiting for him. Wow, that's uh, that's some nonsense uh, patented word from Race to Canis. All right, we are at the turning point. We're after hearing two points from me and myself. Melissa tells us who is ahead and what the other side has to do to win. But before we get to what Melissa has to say, let's celebrate the Who Would Win Patron of the Week. Every week we choose one of our amazing members of the Who Would Win Show's Patreon community and put them in a battle. Ray, which patron do we have today? Today we are going to go with, oh, let's see here, one of our absolute favorites right here. Why not? We're going to go with Lord Snurts. It's your time to shine. <sighs> All right, Lord Snurts. You really want to play this game? Let's have Lord Snurts go up against the one and only. Let's do it. Voltron. <laughs> Lord Snurts versus Voltron. Now, here's the thing. Lord Snurts, of course, as we all know, has diplomatic immunity and an entire army at his disposal, for he is a lord. This is a fiefdom, and he has vessels underneath him that will often fight for him. Voltron will show up to the field. And do you remember that scene from that Brad Pitt opus World War Z where the bodies were just piled on top of bodies on top of bodies and they eventually overtook the entire city with just sheer attrition? Lord Snurts is that kind of diabolical mastermind. He will throw body after body at Voltron that will unfortunately take all of them out. But eventually that pile of bodies will cover Voltron entirely. This is horrifying. And it will absolutely cover him in all of the people from Lord Snurts's domain and many kingdoms over. I'm sure he called in a lot of favors. He's a very popular Lord. And Lord Snurts is finally going to overwhelm, overcome Voltron before walking up the pile of bodies. This got dark and he's going to open up the cockpit, throw all the kids out, starting with the one in the, with the head, the chest, who cares? And he's going to win the battle by taking over Voltron and destroying it from within. Lord Snurts gets the win. But holy crap, it was a real rough moment. You know, I got two things to say. First of all, Lord Snurts, you're a monster. A monster. monster. I mean, why would you Absolute do this monster. to your entire kingdom and then call in other kingdoms to kind of do this? Uh, am I we are all mad at you, Lord Snurts. Yeah, and, and the second thing I have to say is, well played. That is some excellent yet horrific strategy, yet excellent strategy. <laughs> I, I guess congratulations are in order. Uh, Lord Snurts, you may want to take a deep personal look at yourself as well for pulling off such tactics. Remember, you too can become a member of our Celebrate Patron community and become a patron of the week. All you have to do is go to patreon.com slash show and sign up, and you may be featured in an upcoming episode of Who Would Win. Now back to the turning point. Melissa, you've had a moment to ponder two points from both Ray and myself. Who do you think is ahead? And what does the other side have to do to pull out the victory? I was so distracted by figuring out, trying to figure out who Lord Snurts is. Listen, there's a lot of things. This is reminding me a lot of, ju of jury duty. Just a lot of things that I have to really try and weigh in my head. I think the idea of Miles Morales being able to neutralize the lightsaber is a pretty big one. But 
is he able to neutralize the lightsaber? That's the thing. Would his powers work to do that? And then, oh, there's so many things. Kylo Ren, of course, the Force, right? And then, and and he does have so many powerful relatives. Um, can I say neck and neck? Because I'm just not sure. I mean, um, you, you you can, but we all know what you're really thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I want to make Ray think he has a chance. Fair. No, I mean. Kylo Ren is very powerful. He is. He he does have a lot of training. Does he though? Does is he, he though? Is he? Is he? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably. Maybe. Also, though, I feel like Ray said he was going to stick to the movies, and then there was a lot of information there that I don't remember from the movies. So that's like disqualified, right? That's uh, gotta... I did say, and the comic books. This is the canon version of the character. And you got to pull out all the stops because I know James will. Yeah, remember too. According to the rules, you're the judge, and yeah. you have final veto on everything. Race to Canis. I think you should uh, keep that in mind. Yeah. Why you got to be talking about that, James? I'm not sure. I'm happy with you reminding everyone of their powers I think here. We should all keep that in mind. So we're neck and neck. We're neck after and two neck. Points. Here's the thing. Obviously, Kylo Ren is going to be going for for death, right? Although I don't know why they just bumped into each other. But um, I feel like maybe Miles Morales is going to not want to kill Kylo Ren. Is that going to hinder Miles Morales? Is it going to be harder to win when you're trying to show mercy, which I assume that he would? I would argue that's a strong yes. That's, I have a point against it. But, but that's we'll what I would goes. like to hear addressed, James. I see mm. why you're the most popular contestant on Jeopardy. Right. We are <laughs> neck and neck with po- quite possibly the greatest judge we've ever had uh, on the Who Would Win show. It all comes down to this. Go ahead and hit us with your point number three. Point number three. We're going to do a heavy helping of the force because the force, it's the force, ladies and gentlemen. He has so many force powers. I probably can't even get to all of them given the time constraint. So let's talk about telekinesis. You know, they always do this. They do the force push, the force shove, the force throws. This is a guy who's picked up in massive statues. This is a guy who's used his force powers to telekinetically grab large starships from the air and move them around. Are you talking about the ability to disarm the lightsaber from Kylo Ren? Well, what's the first thing he's going to do if Spider-Man tries that tactic? He's going to pull it back with the force and he's going to start hitting him with it. He might even turn it on and pull it back like Thor's hammer through the body of Spider-Man just to get gross with it. He also will use the force to pull people towards him. We've seen him do this on multiple occasions. You know, Miles Morales could be up flipping, spinning through the air, trying to do all this acrobatic stuff, and Kylo Ren just sticks out his hand and then yanks him right towards him, right so they're face-to-face, and there's not a lot that Miles Morales can do against an all-powerful force like that. He's used his force to disarm Rey, one of the more powerful force users of his generation of movies. And if you can disarm Rey... I got to believe you can disarm or disable a lot of these devices that Miles Morales might be relying on. Force push as well. What happens when Miles Morales is swinging through the air trying to find a tactical advantage and he just force pushes him square on into the building with heavy power, right? Miles Morales is not expecting a sudden force powered gust of wind to slam him into surfaces. 
It's not part of his game, not what he's used to. This force push has been used to launch Ray once again into a tree, for gosh sakes. He's also used his force push against lightsaber attacks coming in on him. So you know that they can withstand a heck of a lot. And of course, Kylo Ren has picked up rocks. I just mentioned it because every Jedi at one point picked up rocks, large boulders. <laughs> he could also levitate himself. He could fly through the air uh, to a point whenever he would need to. The reason I bring it up is if Miles Morales tries some cheeky maneuver where he scoops him up, flies him in the air and tries to drop him, Kylo Ren could easily float back down to the surface again and the fall damage would not hurt him. But other incredible force related things that Kylo Ren has done. He restrained Rey and so she couldn't move. If you can just basically freeze time and stop someone from moving in front of you, you have them at your mercy. They are helpless. The, the, the spidey senses don't matter if you can't move. Sure, Miles will see it coming, but it will be too late. He's also used the force choke ability, which is another thing Miles doesn't have an answer for. He's used the force choke on uh, Hux. He's used the force choke on General Quinn. And then while he was being force choke, launched him into the ceiling. Outrageous. He can also force choke from long range. He's done it over the span of a galaxy. Force choke somebody from a distance before. So it's not like Miles Morales has to be two feet away in order to get force choked. This is very, very rough. And he was able to activate Ray's lightsaber while it was on the table next to Snoke. Lest we forget who has force knowledge powers of, him, of his own. He was able to activate the lightsaber after turning it sideways, impaling him, and then vivisected him by pulling the lightsaber towards him. And if you can do that to Snoke, the supreme leader and your master in trainer, you can absolutely do that to a 17-year-old kid from Brooklyn. Last things to talk about, he can read minds. He can probe minds using the force. That'll be handy to know what Miles Morales' deep inner weaknesses are and use them against him. And the last thing is a counter to the thing you said before. Miles can go invisible. That's awesome. That's a very impressive power against somebody who can't use the force to detect presences of people around him. Being invisible doesn't matter to Kylo Ren if he can just detect that you're there and act and act accordingly. Miles Morales, you had a rough time going up against Mega Man who could stop time and do any one of a manner of things. You're going to have a rough time today against one of the greatest Star Wars characters in the history of the entire property, Kylo Ren. James, it's time to admit it. Kylo Ren is the best, and that's my point number three. How dare you? All right. You ready for some pushbacks? I want to try something new for your points, right? I don't know how you could. I was perfect. Flawless. Uh, you know, here's the thing. The Force is strong, it's true, but we saw this in the Clone Wars. Uh, really cool things, both with, um, and actually in the, in the prequels, where both Ahsoka Tano and even Obi-Wan Kenobi, who's way more powerful than Kylo Ren, as is Ahsoka Tano, in my opinion, anyway, they try to use the Force against Allegedly. very physically powerful beings, and it didn't, the Force push specifically, and it just wouldn't work. So when Obi-Wan tried it against General Grievous, General Grievous just kind of took one step back and was like, just stood his ground, kind of, you know, put his weight down in the ground, and it didn't push him back. Ahsoka Tono, Tono did the same thing in the Clone Wars series against, um, I think it was called the Trandoshan. It's a really big, powerful, almost Chewbacca-sized kind of creature, and the creature just kind of took it, tanked it, and kept on going. Miles Morales is way more powerful than either, in terms of physical being, than General Grievous or this Tardosha, whatever it is. So that, that force push, the whole thing, it works great against people who don't have that super strength or are caught unaware. Now, on top of that, too, 
you know, Hux, General Quinn, all that kind of stuff. Again, they're not that strong. You're going to force choke. Look, if someone puts a hand to my throat or your throat, Ray, and they're expecting to, you know, to choke us out, it's not going to work that well because we're insanely powerful. Yes, I'm paying Ray Sikane as a compliment. Uh, uh, I got great neck muscles. Do. I work them out. It's the only thing I yeah, work out. On top of that, tracking someone's invisible, that's not going to be something that's very easy to do with the force or without. You can be force sensitive. You're not going to be able to tell, hey, something's camouflaged, bending light over here. That's just not something the force always tracks. And finally, with Miles has willpower. You're not going to put him under some kind of weird force hypnosis. It's just not going to work. You know, it's just um, it's just not something that's going to happen at all. Now, let me get to my point number three. All this is going to become very clear. Let's talk my point number three. Big wins for Miles Morales. Kylo Ren's weaknesses in terms of his opponents and how Kylo Ren's going to lose this fight. Now, in terms of big wins for Miles Morales, he's beaten some big names in the Marvel Universe that actually will kind of lend itself to why you think he would beat Kylo Ren. He beat Craven the Hunter. You know, Craven's that skilled hunter and martial artist, and he's got super strength. He's got that vendetta against Spider-Man. Miles beat Craven by using his camouflage and venom blast to keep Craven off balance and then web him up. That is insane. This is someone who's way more physically capable than Kylo Ren, and he beat him. He beat this character named Ultimatum. It's, it's a, Ultimatum's a really powerful mutant. He's got the ability to control the Earth's tectonic plates. It's kind of like the Force. And Miles Morales defeated Ultimatum by using his Venom Blast to disrupt Ultimatum's control over the tectonic plates. And then he used his webs to kind of just, you know, contain him right there. That's awesome. Now, in terms of how vicious Miles Morales can be, because he's a really good person, you're right. Is he a killer? He tries not to be, but if someone really takes him there, he's going to go there. So in one fight against Captain America, Miles Morales is so upset by something Captain America did. Now, this was the evil, still Captain America, the evil Hydra version of Captain America. Miles Morales just loses it and starts blast, just punching Captain America in the face, like super speed, super fast, takes him out within like three punches, breaks Captain America's shield. It wasn't his regular circular adamantium shield. It was kind of more of a triangular, but still very powerful shield. And Miles just broke right through it, took him out, and is standing over there, and he's contemplating, should I finish this guy off? When it comes time to going there, Miles Morales will absolutely do it. Remember, he's 17. There's still some leeway there in terms of what he's going to do, but he is a good guy. All right. He beat this group of supervillains called the Sinister Six. And the Sinister Six, it's a group of very powerful supervillains that usually come together to take on the Peter Parker version of Spider-Man. Well, one day, I guess they decided to take on Miles Morales. Miles Morales used his strategy, tactile, you know, tactical thinking, and took out all of them one by one by figuring out who they were, figuring out their, their strengths, weaknesses, and what have you. Now, he took out this team, which was made up of the Scorpion, who was very, very powerful, the Vulture, who could fly, the Shocker, who used vibrations. We, it's kind of a funny character right there. The Rhino, who's insanely powerful, not as strong as the Hulk, but kind of the same class, Electro and Mysterio. And Electro's got, you know, the great power over electricity. And Miles Morales took him out. This is crazy. Now, Kyle Ren is sometimes called a powerful and skilled warrior. Not by me, of course. By, by some others. But he's got some glaring weaknesses that Miles Morales is going to take advantage of. Now, remember, Miles Morales, he's a talker. He can throw people off their game. He can make people get really emotionally upset and lose their train of thought, lose focus. That's what he does. Now, for Kyle Ren, this is going to work. Because Kyle Ren's weakness, he's got a temper. And it's a short temper. He's easily angered. And this can lead him to make some really bad decisions that get him in trouble. He's also got kind of conflicted emotions. So if all of a sudden Miles is like, why are you doing this? Whatever. And Kylo starts kind of saying why he's doing all this. He's going to get conflicted. He's going to make him indecisive. You know, and this is going to lead to make some really life, really bad life choices. Like, you know, that time he killed his father, Han Solo, or even worse, when he took his shirt off in one of the sequels. Really bad life choice in that. That scarred me in a big way. 
He's got a lack of respect for his opponents. We saw this in The Last Jedi when he saw Luke Skywalker, and everyone's like, maybe we should kind of, you know, blast him from afar. Nope, nope, I'm going to go down there, take him on myself. And his anger blinded him to the fact that Luke Skywalker wasn't even there in the first place. He's taking on this force projection hologram of Luke Skywalker and swinging, trying to kill him and all that, as Luke Skywalker is doing this from millions, of not billions of miles away. He fell for it. Hook, line, and sinker. And the reason why he fell for it, race to Kansas, I just got to say it, it's his inexperience. Kylo Ren, I don't care what you say about 15 years of experience here in terms of real battle, taking on opponents that he's never seen before with crazy powers, opponents who are way more powerful than him. He doesn't have that kind of experience. He just doesn't. And when he does take on a Snoke or whatever, it just doesn't go that well. He gets pushed down. He has to use trickery to kind of overcome Snoke. But in that same scene, when he's taking on the Praetorian Guard, those red armored guards and what have you, he was getting his butt kicked. In fact, he was getting beat so badly that he, two things of note, he had to get saved by Ray at the end. Ray saved Kylo Ren's life at the end of it. And the other thing that was really weird is that he didn't, Kylo Ren didn't even use the force in that fight. He somehow forgot he could use the force. What's up with that? When Grogu, in the last episode of The Mandalorian, spoiler alert, took on the Praetorian Guard, you know, at one point with um, Din Djarin, he actually used the Force in the fight to push back the Praetorian Guard, something Kylo Ren couldn't do. Let's put this all together and just let me make this very clear. This is how the fight's going to go. They're going to face off. Kylo Ren's going to get really upset. Miles is going to make a really funny joke. The lightsaber comes out. He's coming swinging. You know, Miles Morales dodges it because, you know, he's just getting out of the way. All of a sudden, he hits him with something really hard. Kylo Ren realizes, wow, this is a powerful person. Uses the force, holds him in the air. As he's being held in the air, he uses his webbing to because his hands are still there. He can still shoot out his webbing. Holds him up, puts them all together, goes invisible. Kylo Ren might even escape the webbing, but as he's invisible, starts hitting the shock up close, getting out of there. Kylo Ren's swinging wildly, can't see anything. And that's when Miles Morales just unloads physically with energy blasts everything to take him out the same way he did with a Sinister Six, a group of villains way more powerful than Kylo Ren could ever be. That's why Kylo Ren loses. That's why Miles Morales wins. That is my point number three. Look, I have as much respect for the Shocker after what happened a few weeks ago as anybody else, but to say that the all the Sinister Six is more powerful than Kylo Ren, to say that Vulture, a, guy, a regular human who flies around with a jetpack, is more powerful than Kylo Ren is one of the wildest things you've ever said on this show. Now, look, I have a few things to talk about. One, the high pants. Obviously, Kylo Ren wearing the grandma, uh, grandpa high pants was a mistake. <laughs> His fashion is uh, to be called into question for sure. If it was a style competition, Miles would win this hands down. I will concede that point. You'd say in Craven the Hunter, you actually said Craven the Hunter more powerful than Kylo Ren. Craven the Hunter is a regular guy who got roided up on these drugs, so that way he was strong, fast. He's basically the Barry Bonds of villainy in the Marvel Universe. He has nothing against a Force user. That's outrageous. You said Obi-Wan is more powerful than Kylo Ren, but anybody who saw the Obi-Wan TV show knew he couldn't catch up to an eight-year-old girl in the forest when he was trying to get her. Nobody thinks Obi-Wan after that, is more powerful than literally anyone else in the Star Wars universe. And let's talk about the, the trickery. I love that you brought up the fact that uh, Kylo Ren has to rely on trickery because that's how he's going to win this battle. What kind of trick? A Jedi mind trick. Miles Morales, at the end of the day, is still a 17-year-old at his oldest. 17-year-olds are dumb. 17-year-olds could be convinced of anything. Anything under the sun, if you appeal to the right things and the force 
uh, mind probe will tell him what those right things are. A Jedi mind trick to get Miles Morales to walk away from the battle easily on the table. And the last thing to talk about, you mentioned the anger of Kylo Ren like it was a bad thing. Sith feed off of anger to make themselves more powerful. Remember, let the hate flow through you. Kind of a powerful line from Star Wars history, and that's because it will make you stronger. Kylo Ren has no reason to hate Miles Morales until he takes the first electrical jolt or two, and after that, it's over. Freezing him in place, lopping off his head, and then going off to find a more strong opponent tomorrow. That's why Kylo Ren wins this battle, and I'm done. Just one quick question, quick question Ray. It, it, you said he's a Jedi, and now he's a Sith. Is he is he all of the above? Is he something in between? He's a tweener. He has the best of both worlds. He lives in worlds of gray. Interesting. All right. You've heard three points from both Ray and myself. I love how this battle went. Melissa, you've also heard these three points from both Ray and myself, but it's time for you to make a decision. Take us through your process, tell us a story, if you will, and reveal who you think wins this battle between Kylo Ren and the Miles Morales version of Spider-Man. Oh, man. So I was not very familiar with the Miles Morales version of Spider-Man, so this is a lot of new information for me. I think Obviously, Kylo Ren is is strong with the Force, right? Like, there's no question of that. His whole family is strong with the Force. That Force is in him, with him, if you will. And he is ruthless, right? He did kill his own father. That is a really good point. But to James's point, in terms of previous opponents, it sounds like Miles Morales has really kicked a lot of different, I'll say behinds. Let me say behinds in this instance. Kylo Ren has always been fighting from sort of a place. He started out as a, with an advantage, right? Like he's already set up to win and he does that. Correct me if I'm wrong. When he freezes Ray's entire body, she herself does not yet know that she also is capable of using the force. So I feel like if she knew her own powers, which it sounds like Miles Morales does, that he would not have been able to freeze Ray with his use of the Force. And specifically, Obi-Wan Kenobi tells Luke Skywalker that the Force, it's easy to use the Jedi mind trick on weak-minded people, but Miles Morales does not sound like a weak-minded person to me. Now, on the other hand, yes, Kylo Ren is carrying a lightsaber that he constructed himself, and lightsabers do seem to be an incredibly powerful weapon, right? They can deflect a blast from a blaster. They can chop things apart. So that is going to be a problem for Miles. The other thing about it is, you know, you talked about how Kylo Ren walked away from a, a TIE fighter crash, and then I guess another, a couple other people have walked away from a TIE fighter crash. I am thinking that TIE fighters just have like really good airbags, right? Attracts. This is this is a TIE fighter power, not a Kylo Ren power. This is what I'm thinking. So, does Kylo Ren get the chance to decapitate Miles Morales before Miles Morales can incapacitate Kylo Ren? Sure, he's got the Force. He can uh, he can read his mind. He is very powerful. He can bring people and objects towards him. 
But it sounds like he would have to know where they are to do that. And it sounds like that would be difficult with Miles Morales. The, the speed with which he moves, right? The sort of shadow self that he can leave behind. Sounds like it would be confusing for Kylo Ren. And so even though he is very powerful, and even though he uh, did kill his own father, I'm going to have to go with Miles Morales. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. The nightmare. The greatest judge in the history of judges (laughs) of the Who Would Win show gave us the greatest judgment for a great episode of the Who Would Win show. You have no idea. First of all, I agree with everything you had to say. It was genius. Absolutely correct. Secondly, I haven't been this excited in so long. I'm just losing my mind. And thirdly, not a fan of Kylo Ren whatsoever. And you proved to me why I should not be a fan of Kylo Ren. Thank you, Melissa Oki. Please. Come back on the show. Bring your magic back on. And Ray, you were here too. All right. I, ah. I, I got to tell you, this was absolutely amazing. Brilliant. And I wasn't really sure. Wait, is she saying? Well, I, I had no idea we were going in until the very end. I am ecstatic. I can't stand Kylo Ren. Love Miles Morales. Ray Stacanus, what are your thoughts on what just happened today? This is one of the lowest things you've ever done in the history <laughs> of the Who Would Win show. You see what happens in season five. Ray gets off to a mega start. I was up something like nine to two or something at some point in the season. I was winning every single week. There has been a previous judge who would come on the show who will remain nameless. But they said to me after we were done, they pulled me aside after the show and they said, you, you don't ever lose, right? How is it possible that you would ever lose on this match? You're so much better at this than James is. And all I said to them was, I know. And that's what I'm trying to get at here. James in season five is desperate. He's a wounded animal and nothing will stop him from doing what he needs to do to try to pull wins out of his rear end, or should I say behind on this episode as we did earlier. Look, you've convinced the judge that the TIE fighter is the Volvo of Star Wars (laughs) and that it can just survive absolutely any crash. I've seen enough movies to know that it's not true. You convinced the judge that that uh, a, a force user, Luke Skywalker, who can use the force to mask his presence is the same thing as Miles Morales, a 17-year-old from Brooklyn who can render himself invisible. Those two things are not the same. As Gus Fring would say, sir, we are not the same. What I have to say through all of this is I am upset. I, I am horrified. I am, I am dismayed. But also, hashtag Melissa is right. I can say nothing <laughs> about the judgment negatively. Ray, you know, I, I feel what you just That's said. That's the smartest thing you've said all night. I think if Ray would have taken that approach from step one tonight mm. in this episode, I think that would have done absolutely nothing. I still think I would have gotten the win. And there's a simple reason why. It's a little bit of a secret that people don't know about me. It's the fact that I can't stand Kylo Ren. I really can't. Oh. Um, as I mentioned earlier in the show, when my my family, I took my family to uh, Star Disney, uh, Disneyland. We went to uh, the Star Wars Adventure kind of area, what have you. And I only wanted to find Kylo Ren and get into it verbally, <laughs> verbally with Kylo Ren. Sure, my wife's like, "You're going to get kicked out." I said, "Doesn't matter." Sure, my kids said, "You're going to get kicked out." So it doesn't matter. Surely even the security people who I was bragging to watch what I do to Kylo Ren. I'm shutting him down. I'm going to look. Anyway, I, he wasn't there. He heard I was coming. And he missed. anyway, I don't like Kylo See, Ren. Proving that he is cowardly. Thank you. And Melissa Oki, the most popular contestant ever 
on Jeopardy, who beat out Academy Award winning filmmakers with her movie. True. True. Saw the All logic. True. I have never felt more vindicated, nor have I ever felt so honored to be in the presence of greatness such as yourself. Please come back onto the show many more times. Ray would love it. The fan base would love it. In the meantime, where can people find you online? Oh, I do have a Twitter handle. That's uh, at lissaokidoki.com. Dot com. No, there's no dot com. Twitter. I don't know. Who knows what Twitter is know. anymore? <laughs> Changes hourly. It's okay, because if you follow Ray, he steals most of my jokes. So you, you, you get to see my wit and wisdom even without following me. How dare you? Oh, that's, that, that explains so much. All right. Yeah. Ray Stacanus, this may have been what you call underhanded, I call genius. What you call dastardly, I call genius. It was a good move on my part, but the problem is, can I keep this up for the rest of the season? Yes, I can. In the meantime, Ray Stacanus, where can everyone find you online? You are going to run out of tricks eventually. You are going to run out of judges who uh, despise me. You're going to run out of judges who need you to win these battles. Would you like the phone number for Ray's sister who he picked on as a child? We're not going to talk about this on the air. That is officially doxing, and I do not want to get banned from the internet. Thank you very oh, no, much. I'm going to give it to what James later. What I have to say is, we'll talk. only the second time in Who Would Win show history will I admit to a loss here, and it's only because I have to. I have to. You could speak to me in private at any one of our live shows coming up, and I will tell you the truth of the matter, and that's that I accept this defeat. I have nothing more to add. You can find Melissa Oki, of course, a brilliant voice actor on the legacy Star Wars Crystal Storm audio drama, uh, and she is absolutely uh, majestic on that show, a real fan favorite, might I also point out. More popular than my character of Jorgen, which is shocking if you really uh, think about it. Also, you can find Melissa uh, in a smaller role, but also you can find her on the uh, Justice League Mortal. Dial-Up Movie Club has put out a four-part audio drama of Justice League Mortal. Melissa is found in episode four, so basically skip ahead. You can skip the first three episodes and only listen to episode four. Or, of course, you can find her brilliant short film, and that would be Test the IVF film, I believe you can watch it for free on YouTube right now. They put it out into the ether so everyone can watch it. If you would like to see my dramatic movie debut, it's right there for you. But uh, it's a movie that gets a little real. So be careful about knowing what you're going to get into. Tears will be shed at this drama. Yeah, that's right. You can find me on Twitter at Almighty Ray. But really, this episode's not about me. This episode's not about James Gavsey the dastardly one. This episode is a celebration of Melissa Oki. <laughs> I come today not to win a who would win match, but to maintain a marriage. Thank you very much. I was wondering if those two things were diametrically opposed and I was uh, proven correct. All right. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by typing in at James Gabsey. Remember to join the official who would win Facebook group to make a suggestion for a matchup for the show and to be part of our growing community. You can also find us on Instagram and TikTok at Who Would Win Show. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you go for your podcast. On behalf of myself, Ray Cicadas, and the rest of the amazing Who Would Win production team, thank you once again for checking out another episode of Who Would Win. We'll see you next time.
Hey, it's Brent Pope, the host of Breakfast with Brent Pope. You've seen me on some of your favorite TV shows saying things like, "Give it up, Jimmy. You got to sink this putt to win." On Breakfast with Brent Pope, I sit down with guests from the entertainment world and we do it all over breakfast. Or should I say breakfast? Every week on Breakfast, you get inside Hollywood info and tips, great breakfast recs and booty debates. Most of all, you get the most delightful 30 minutes of your week. So dig in. It's breakfast time. Listen at breakfast.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Hey, gang, I hope you enjoyed this episode and love listening to the show as much as we enjoyed making it. Quick reminder that you can support us by going to patreon.com slash show right now. Okay, got to prepare for next week's episode. Hope the rest of your day is full of wins.